What's up, everyone? How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Academics and Amigos. I'm your host, Andre Ramirez. Today, I'll be interviewing my friend and fellow PhD student, well, correction, PhD candidate, Juan Lopez. Juan is a PhD candidate for the Higher Education Administration Department at Texas A&M. Let's hear what Juan has to say in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. What's up, everyone? How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Academics on Amigos. I am here with my good friend. He's the person I consider my best friend in College Station. He is my brother from another mother. He is... We have this weird connection that I want to talk about a little bit later about this L.A. El Paso connection that we just bonded with. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But let me introduce you all to Juan Lopez. He's a Ph.D. candidate for higher education administration. Juan, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on your podcast. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem, bro. It's, it's been something that we've been talking about for the longest time. And so I'm glad that we're able to finally make it happen. Um, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we would always talk about it like when we're hanging out. We would be like, Yeah. We're like, hey, let's let's do an episode. Let's do an episode. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then it just, you know, it finally worked out. Yeah, no, glad glad it all worked out. And and I had thought about that. I was like, I was like, I think he forgot about me. No, ni pedo. No, no, no pasa nada. <laughs> 2020, no pasa nada. Hey, 2020. <laughs> hey, no, otra. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I definitely wanted to have you on the show, and and definitely wanted to talk because every conversation that you and I have had, we're, we're always just laughing and joking around, and like, yeah, or either whether it's about sports, whether it's about our different fandoms, or even our yeah. culture and heritage and everything mm-hmm. like that. We have some like sometimes it'll be like really intense educational research based conversation, mm-hmm. but yeah, we still find like the humor in it and we like yeah. make fun of that too. And then, uh, or we'll just geek out about what it like earlier prior to recording, we we're talking about all the films we're excited about too. Oh, and hell yeah, man, it's going to be a good 2021, honestly. No joke. That's a, that's a, that's a plus side of holding everything, um, holding everything up because now we're going to get a bunch of stuff that we did not see on 2020 hopefully from the comfort of our homes because honestly i don't trust people at this point yeah are you planning (laughs) on taking the vaccine i am um but first i want to see other people take it and turn everyone tells me me. i am honestly part of me really does worry that that people are it's going to turn into an i am legend kind of you know situation mm-hmm. by the way i just saw that movie not too long ago oh really it was pretty funny because i'm like ten thousand years mm-hmm. late to the party but um but yeah it it, it, it reminds me of that um so i want to see i don't distrust it let me let me be clear on that i, I do believe that the vaccine helps it's just it was too rushed yeah. Who's who was in the administration um, when this was getting approved? And uh, honestly, I'm a distrustful son of a bitch. So yeah, I don't know if you can curse in your show. I I, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Like, people <laughs> have done it before. And I won't be the first. Won't be yeah. the last. You know. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> no worries about that. I, I, I swear, like, a, like, a, what is it? Like a pirate or like a or, sailor? Or, like a sailor? Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, like uh, I do trust it and I am planning to take it as soon as it's offered. I do want people, another reason is I, I do believe that people frontline should take it first. Almost you know? definitely. Almost uh, definitely. I think I've done enough 
enough time already of doing everything that I'm supposed to, uh, guide, adhering to CDC guidelines mm-hmm. that a few more months won't hurt me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is a time where it defines who, you know, the, the values and morals of, of, of you and, and really the country, really. Most definitely. So yeah, I believe, I believe, let them take it first. Hopefully they don't become zombies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I'll take it, but I do plan to take it. While we're on the subject, I have a quick question. Like, I don't know if uh, LA has this issue, but I know with El Paso, there is <laughs> especially like within holidays like thanksgiving christmas and new year's mm-hmm. since since like we're both mexicans and our families are like super okay. important to us and everything is like that a major problem for there like where people getting together is an issue and that that leads to a spike because here in el paso it seems like it's a huge thing bro we're, we're mexican we're, we're not <laughs> we, uh, uh, we give two fucks about that well i do i do give Mm-hmm. rat's ass about it i do believe that you shouldn't get together mm-hmm. but there are people who don't a lot right. of people don't um granted though i will say it is more on the hush hush i will say because mm-hmm. i've driven through the neighborhoods and whatnot and i don't see as many parties as mm-hmm. i did previous years um but thanksgiving for example uh i got in the day the night before thanksgiving and that day there was not that weekend there was barely any parties um around the area and you could hear the parties not this year but i do believe that people are still getting in there mm-hmm. because this we are here in california um in the city of la um we are one of the worst right now like mm-hmm. ground zero status kind of thing uh in fact things are so bad that california has started uh, I think they're in the like the worst possible um, state uh, in terms of like death. Uh, um, so like they're starting to purchase extra body bags. Uh, ICUs are at an all-time low, um, and even like the state has right now in place where it's a stay-at-home order depending on the ICU mm-hmm. capacity um, in each county. So each county, when they reach a certain amount, it goes automatically goes into stay-at-home order. So right now we're at a stay-at-home order from ten to five a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as as heard as the first time, but it, it's it's there. And and if you're like me, I like to I like to adhere to it. And yeah, but either way, even during the day, unless I'm going to like grocery shop or or like a to like a target to get some essentials or a Funko here and there. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't go out, you know, um, you won't see me at a bar, you know, you won't see mm-hmm. me in gatherings or even with other friends. I have not hanged out with friends. In fact, I haven't seen people since before, since last year, mm-hmm. because in March when I came, it was already hitting. So, yeah. so yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And, and in terms of gatherings, they're still going around. Yeah. So that I think that's why you see the spike, mm-hmm. you know, um, because places like stores are doing a very good, good uh, uh, job in terms of 
making sure you are separating, making sure you're wearing your masks and everything and not allowing people if you're wearing masks, even if you have the occasional Karen that shows up, you know? <laughs> Just, uh, no, you wear a mask. Uh, there is some guideline, like, um, what is it? Um, they're scaling back a little. I will say, though, that they are scaling back. Because like in a supermarket that I used to go to, a very mom and pop shop um, here in South Central, they used to wear gloves before. Now mm. it's either gloves or hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the kind of shit, you know, that it's like you, you start seeing things are scaling back, you know, mm-hmm. and, that, and we don't want to scale back. In fact, right. we want to scale further. Right. Um, and I'm all for an entire close down of the economy because... Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, what do you, what kind of economy do you have to go back to if you're sick, you know? Yeah. And, and it's more, it's more, um, it's not just about us. It's about seeing the bigger picture, you know? Um, but, uh, of course I, I do also believe that the government needs to do a way better job in taking care of us because, Mm -hmm. um, they're not, you know? And twelve hundred dollars ain't enough to to be a Trump lover, you know. Quite honestly, so, I mean, like, no, yeah, yeah, I hear you, I hear you, and um, I just think that, like, in terms of politics, there there just needs to be that bipartisanship that they just need to get some stuff done to, you know, help people hey, out, you know. But I mean, that's a conversation for another day for sure, you know. Yeah, because you know, I could go on for days. Oh, and dude, we, we, we me yeah, for days. yeah, yeah, we can but, go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely about yeah. this but mm-hmm. instead of talking about that for a bit let's talk about you this yeah. is what it's all about sure. we're, we're here to talk about you bro and okay. so i want to know what made you interested in pursuing a phd um like when did all that start um <laughs> to become kind of like your goal or dream in life and um what, what's your research interest mm-hmm. so i guess in order for me to give you a good picture of that i have to take it all the way back to high school um, I, I'm blessed to have received the Gates and Lending Scholarship um, by Bill and Melinda Gates uh, from the Gates uh, Foundation. And uh, basically they covered, uh, when I received it, it was undergrad, master's, and PhD, fully funded. Um, they had, the year before, they were giving out laptops. Mm-hmm. The year that I got it, we didn't get a laptop. Um, of course, for Microsoft and stuff. Um, and then halfway through my P, halfway through my undergrad, they changed the guidelines to only ten years of funding. So I was lucky still to have only received to have received undergrad, masters, and three years of funding from my PhD. Um, but how I came to be was because of that scholarship and because. Um, uh, back when in, in my undergrad, uh, I had this professor called, uh, her name was Patricia Gandara, a very famous in the education world, um, research and whatnot, had recently moved, have recently been acquired from Harvard Education School to UCLA. And they, uh, and I took her class on, I believe it was education, it was an it was a it was an uh, an upper division course on 
education. I don't remember what it was titled, but uh, Latinos in Education, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because I remember we had that book, uh, the one that she wrote with Patricia, no, with um, uh, Contreras, Profe Contreras from CC San Diego, or I don't know where she's at. But anyway, point is, and she started seeing that when she assigned stuff uh, like assignments from Latino males mm-hmm. uh, to write about Latino males, my writing skills, my work would be more stronger. So um, one day that I, she posted, she wrote on my paper, come see me at my office. And, and I thought, well, I got an A on this. So why did I need it to go see and she was the one who started telling me, hey, have you considered going for a master's or PhD in, uh, in educating higher ed? You know, um, you were very interested in Latino males. These are the scholars, the main scholars that are, uh, you know, pushing the agenda for Latino male research. Um, you should consider it. Started looking into it. And see, at this point, I did not remember. I did not take into account, let me rephrase that, mm-hmm. did not take into account that I had a PhD, that I could do a PhD mm-hmm. uh, and I would get money for it, mm-hmm. even though I had the scholarship. So I don't remember who I talked to, somebody in the GMS office and they were like, yeah, yeah, we, we could give you money for that. And I was like, oh shoot, okay, great. Mm-hmm. So um, I started doing my research and um, I noticed that two names kept on popping up. Um, Victor Sainz and Luis Juan Juan. And I was like, I want to go there. But because I had, (laughs) I had seen the 2006 championship game of Texas versus USC, which I hate USC, by the way, let me, let me put that out there. Um, (laughs) I hate them with a passion. Um, I'm a diehard uh, UCLA Bruin and I hate USC. And the fact that they beat us at this game, this, this was our game, by the way. We could have won it, but that's another story for another day. Let me let me get off my soapbox. That was um, the one with uh, Mark Sanchez, right? No, that one was the one with I think Matt Liner, is it? And ah. uh, versus versus um, uh, Vince Young. Oh, yeah. and oh. Vince Young beat beat USC with the running touchdown. I remember that. Um, yeah, uh, and I was I was going for Texas that day too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, and I applied to Texas for, uh, undergrad, but my counselor forgot to submit his, my SAT scores. I don't know why the Texas wanted it because I think because I was out of state, um, needless to say, didn't get in because of that, like that mistake. Um, and come for my master's, I saw his name and who he was attached and I was like, I want to go there. Mm-hmm. And I worked my butt off to get in, I got in, but I also wanted to be part of Project Males. And the reason why I wanted to be part, part of Project Males is because that kept on coming out in the research. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. And that's where I want to work. And when I came time to choose between UCLA, USC, and Texas for my master's, I ended up choosing Texas. Um, it was a hard decision that I had to make, but I'm glad I did. 
um, because it led me to my doctoral institution now, which is Texas A&M, where Luis Bon Juan was at. And Luis Bon Juan recruited me there um, uh, to continue the work, the research work. Uh, so it was, it, it, it all fell into place, honestly. And, and that, that's what happened. And, and yeah. Um, but my research has always been of interest on Latino males. It has evolved so much. Uh, in fact, right now my dissertation is on Latino males, but it has been more focused, focused now into what it's going to be my dissertation. So, yeah. Cool. I don't know. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, it totally did. Like you went step by step into that, into how um, yeah. you you got into the place that you are now, and that's awesome. And um, be, like from the three schools that you've gone to, what what are some differences that you've noticed in terms of like education styles or just in general? Well, see, the, it's a little bit tough because I used to say that at, at UCLA was, you know. I loved UCLA and I still do. I love it with all my heart. Uh, I, I guess the other day, I think this was last week, I was on campus. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, I, I just, I longed to be back mm-hmm. um, on campus. Um, but it's a little bit different because at each institution, I've been at, di- at different levels of my education. Mm-hmm. So at UCLA, it was more general. It was all general, in fact. Um, so you do your undergrad and that's it. But why I loved it so much was because it was where I got to be in college. You know, that's your alma mater, you know, where you go first to college at UT, UT always holds special place in my heart because it was the first time I left home. Mm -hmm. And if you're from South central, you don't leave home. That's just the reality. Mm -hmm. Um, but somehow I left home and, you know, uh, I became really, quite honestly, a man, you know, leaving my home, pursuing education, um, do my own, support myself, everything. Um, and boy, did I struggle, but it got done, you know? And contrary to popular belief, because I get a lot of a lot of slack because they're like, oh, you were a GMS scholar. What did you have to worry about? Oh, believe me, I had more debt than any other person had because I've, been supporting myself since I was 15. So that debt went along with me mm-hmm. and whatnot. So um, not only was I a student, not only was I a part-time student, uh, a part-time employee for UT Austin, but I had my debt to pay as well. That accrued for years and years before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so it, it and then at, so at UT Austin, another thing that was special was the fact that I was doing what I wanted to do research on. Mm-hmm. At UCLA, I just learned about it. Mm-hmm. And I struggled to get into the research programs, um, uh, both because I, I was never seen as a serious student. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I really don't know why. But And especially because it was, um, I still remember a, a person from McNair who uh, was supposed to coach me through my application process, uh, basically said that my work was not good enough. Mm. And it was very detrimental because it's like, you're here to support me, you know? But I didn't conceptualize that until I got to, to Texas A&M. And I started getting the tools necessary to really comprehend 
all the systemic racism that goes on and the systemic oppression that goes on, um, not just from white people, but from people of color as well, on mm-hmm. other people of color. Right. Um, but, but yeah, um, it was very detrimental process at, 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 at UT Austin. I was doing the research. I was doing the community work because I was going out into the community and mentoring these students as part of Project Males. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so yeah, so that was very different. And it wasn't until I got to Texas A&M where I really did the research. You know? mm-hmm. I dove down deep and, and, I, and I learned it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mostly it was independent, you know? I learned it by myself. It wasn't until, until two, a year plus ago when I started, when I had mentors who were actively supporting me and whatnot. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, it was, that's why it's, it has been different at all three institutions. Mm-hmm. If I could do it again, would I do it again? Absolutely. I think each and every school prepared me for the stage that I'm in in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it wasn't because of the experiences that I went through in these institutions, I wouldn't be the guy that I am today. A guy that I consider myself somebody who really is about the work of his community and really doing research on my community. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a big problem that I faced at UT Austin and at a and uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, to do the work on my community. I've gotten comments from professors and from uh, administrators said, why are you focusing on, on LA? Mm-hmm. Why not Texas? There's plenty of things that you could do. Yeah, but I'm not from Texas. I'm mm-hmm. from South Central. And a big problem with the hood um, is that people who leave don't come back and help it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I want to come back and help the hood. I, that's my goal is to come back. But see, protests or other things are not my thing. That's just mm-hmm. not what I do. I feel that I want to help. I want to change it from within. And the way that I feel I can disrupt the system is through the inside, through their own process, mm-hmm. through their own white process, mm-hmm. of which is academia. Mm-hmm. Academia is white. And so the work that I produce or the work that I want to eventually produce, I want to be a disruptor to the constant rhetoric that is built upon of Latinos mm-hmm. from air stigmatized areas like South Central that make it sound like they're dangerous or whatever. I mean, all it takes is for you to bring somebody who's not from South Central to South Central and what will be the first comments you hear? Oh, am I going to get shot? Am I mm-hmm. going to get killed? And it's like, that is deep, that close comments are deeply rooted in the fact that throughout history, throughout society there has been a rhetoric about south central that has been negative and yes there's a lot of death there's a lot of poverty there's a lot of you know gang activity but it's for a reason mm-hmm. it's because the hood struggles because of what it was left in but mm-hmm. i'm not going to get into that it's another story for another day because god knows i could go on for for days and and months but Though that's why I do the work that I do, and that's why I, I um, that's my experience at all these institutions uh, on the face value, you know, just, mm-hmm. just from what I want to share at the moment. But yeah, definitely. 
so in, in kind of a transition, I remember the first class that you and I met each other in was in Dr. Ojeda, Dr. Lise Ojeda's um, Latino psych class. And that's where you and I met each other. And that's where we be- began to bond. And I remember in the class, like we, we even met um, our other friend uh, who is now a doctor too, who did wrote mm-hmm. the theme song for uh, Academics and Amigos, Ken. Um, yeah, Ken Perez definitely. and, and uh-huh. uh, he's one of our good friends too and we hang out with him when he was in A&M and um, yeah. we all just met there and we're just kind of that class was cool because there was like how many of us five just in that one class five Say, people Michael and Michael yeah and then who sat next to Michael I think uh, it was another person no let's see it was Michael you Ken and- me you and then oh, what was the girl's name uh annie i think i don't remember i think but yeah yeah um but it was a small class and mm -hmm. we all kind of bonded with each other in that class it was a really cool Mm -hmm. class and i remember that you and i like bonded when we started hearing each other's stories and like relating to each other's like childhood and upbringing Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah Um, and then and then uh and I'm all like, yo, are you like in a way? I was like, whoa, are you from El Paso? But you would always rock your LA hats and yeah. LA this and that. And so I was just like, okay, he's from LA. But even though yeah. in El Paso, <laughs> a lot of people rock LA stuff, the Dodgers yeah. and all that too. And yeah. and um, so it was just interesting how our our bond of of culture and, and upbringing kind of like connected together. So yeah. I don't know. Like I, I guess my question to you is, Juan, is like. Since you've been to El Paso too, what do you and and mm-hmm. through just our conversations that we've had, what are some mm-hmm. similarities that you've seen personally that you with El Paso and LA, not just in terms of like the Mexicanness, but just in general? Like, what are some mm-hmm. things that you've seen that that maybe like found us connecting better and bonding better? Yeah. Friends? Well, one thing is the food. Um, the biggest, I think that that is a really big <laughs> thing. Though the food, if, if anywhere outside. And and the weirdest thing is that uh, if you go to New Mexico, if you go to Arizona, they got their own thing going on, you know. But El Paso and Los Angeles have a very similar thing going on, and I think it has to do with immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't just mean immigration in the sense of people who come from Mexico too, mm-hmm. um, but also uh, inner immigration as well. Uh, because there's a lot of people who go from Los Angeles to uh, to Texas through El Paso, um, or they go through Me- to Mexico through El Paso. I think that you know it's the intermigration as well between California and Texas um, that also takes uh, takes into account, and also that people settle in to El Paso as well. Uh, but that's one, and that's I think a very minor. The biggest one is indeed the immigration from Mexico to El Paso and Mexico to uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe the same people from the same states of Mexico settle in El Paso, they settle also in Los Angeles as well. Because those are two big, those are two big um, uh, destinations from, from Juarez. Uh, to go into El Paso or to go into Los Angeles. That's true. Uh, and I and I and I see that from my my grandfather's travels when he used to travel from Los Angeles to Zacatecas. He would go through El Paso. From El Paso, he would get a a um, 
a camion, a bus mm-hmm. that would take him across the border uh, into Juarez. And from Juarez, he would get one to Zacatecas. So I think that's that's a big thing of why there's such a big connection between El Paso and Los Angeles. Um, and, and, uh, aside from the inner immigration, aside from the the state um, the statehood that the people are coming from Mexico to these two uh, popular immigration sites, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I think beyond that, I I would say that these are two heavily undocumented places. Mm-hmm. These are two heavily immigrant cities mm-hmm. that Latinos come from everywhere, um, especially from Mexico. In fact, Los Angeles is the largest Mexican populated city outside of Mexico City. Yeah. And that includes cities in, uh, in other parts of Mexico. But, um, and there's a reason for that because a lot of people choose to come here and you'll find the same, same similarities of first generation Mexicanos that you find in LA, you'll find it in El Paso. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, and, and if we, if we think about, if we expand further and we talk about other generations, well, you have generations of uh, second, third, fourth generations in East LA. Mm-hmm. These are generations that have lived in LA for, for a lot of years, but the majority of people are first generation living here in LA mm-hmm. and majority of Latinos. Uh, and the same thing is with El Paso. I know you're like, you said you told me you're second or third. I, I don't yeah. remember, yeah. but you're one of the few people, but because you lived and I want to say that because you've lived among so many first generation for all your life, you don't, you have those, those customs and traditions out, out of a first generation, you know, mm. because there is a loss of culture that happens as your generations happen, unless your parents, you know, force, force it or, or really bring you into this, into uh, the first generation, they continue to practice these. And that's normal. And I mean, there's a lot of research that shows how there's as more generations happen, there's a loss of culture, there's a loss of language. But that's where I think you and I have remained very much on the same, on the same, you know, on the same platform, because uh, you have a lot of first generation customs and traditions that I do not see in other second, third, or fourth generation people in Texas. Um, In fact, um, just to give you an idea, South Central, people in LA in general are very much in a bubble. And there's bubbles within those bubbles, within that bubble. Um, So you have the people in Istalos, in Islos, Mm -hmm. in their bubble. You have the people in South Central, in their bubble, uh, and so on. So... I did not interact with second, third generations until I left California. Mm-hmm. Until I left California to Texas, to Austin was when I started interacting. And at first, it was very weird for me to talk to somebody who didn't know who didn't know Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, you weren't Latino enough." But it took me a while to understand and to to know and to understand that Texas is a very different culture and has a very different history 
that has caused for there to be uh, this this language, you know, mm-hmm. uh, difference, and this generational difference as well that has caused us to live in, in different styles of, of Latinoness, of Mexican of Mexicanismo, um, and and yeah, uh, at least those are that's how I view things. That's yeah. how I view it, and and then. And people can view it differently, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be. Uh, I don't have to be right, you know. And this is just my view of how I view things and and how I view the similarities between you and I and and why we've been able to connect so well. Uh, and also because you know um, you're a, a, an only child and I'm the the, the youngest. Mm-hmm. So you know our our mothers have played play a big role in our lives as well. You know, uh, we often find similarities between our mothers, you know, That's true. the way we were raised <laughs> and whatnot. And and, um, and also we don't have a father, mm-hmm. you know, in the picture. Yeah. Uh, he's alive, thank God, you know, but, you know, we don't, he's not in our lives. You know? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, that's another similarity that, that we've grown up because there are certain tendencies and, 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 and reactions and and just kind of overall like uh mentality that comes with being in a single parent household I, that's definitely true that's definitely true yeah um one, one of the things i was gonna say is like the one of the first things that you started with like with your answer is food and and uh in college station it's super hard to find good mexican food <laughs> we're always yep. like i remember that was one like like you said that was one of the first things that you and i bonded with is because we're mm-hmm. like i remember i told you i was like dude where do i find good mexican food and you just told me bro i got you i just remember and la verdad you did you you like knew all these good taco spots to hit up and then and then i remember we would even just go try different spots to see like how it ranks in our standard and scale of like mm-hmm. authenticity and yeah. you know i guess what we're used to you know what i mean i don't know like exactly. you know if authenticity is the right word for but like what we're used to and what we grew up with you know yeah mm-hmm. or what's authentic in our minds and mm-hmm. so um I just remember everything because you, you're like, dude, you're from Texas and you don't like Tex-Mex. I'm like, hell no, dude. Tex-Mex is gross. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and then you yeah. were just shocked from the, like, I remember that you were shocked yeah. when you heard me say that because because uh, you're like, whoa, you're from Texas, but you're like anti-Texas. <laughs> like that. Yeah, and that, like, that was very trippy for me. That was very trippy when you told me that. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, it's just, it's like I always tell people, it's because El Paso and West Texas is very isolated. So we're like our own little entity, you know, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we're very yeah, different definitely. from the rest of Texas. You know, we're mm-hmm. very different from San Antonio, from Houston and all these other yeah. um, areas that are um, populated with, with mm-hmm. um, Mexicans and Latinos. Yeah. But I mean, we're very different. Very different. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we, to this, you know, prior to COVID situations, we would always go try out different spots and stuff. That was like yeah. one of our favorite things to do. <laughs> like, that was kind of like our, our way of like, um, like, like 
pushing academia to the side for a bit and just like yeah let's enjoy let's enjoy something else besides research and reading and writing and let's take a break and stuff and eat and see that's that's a pretty cool thing you're a pretty cool cat because it's like it's very hard for me to find some some like a friend that that i can enjoy despite besides my my friends from back home here um and it has to do with the, with the conditioning that you're given in the grad program. It kind of messes you up a little. Mm. You you become very superficial, and I think that you and I have stayed very true to ourselves and who we are, even if that is goes against the norms of 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 the the academy, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the research that you do, bro. You're yeah. doing research on comics. When the hell is that heard of in academia? But you're doing it. And you're doing a damn good job about it, you know? And that's, and I'm doing the Latino males from South Central. Shoot, nobody talks about Latino males from South Central. Yeah. People can talk about Latino males. Uh, people can talk about Latinos, but they're not mm-hmm. focusing on that South Central. And that's why, and we've stuck to that, even mm-hmm. when, when we've been challenged to not do it. So, yeah, like yeah. it's pretty cool, you know, to, to find somebody you know, and, and being to being able, most importantly to find a family away from home, you know, yeah. because we're we're so far away. Mm-hmm. You might as well be from another state. You're so <laughs> far away, you know, like El Paso so far away from College Station. You might as well, like literally, bro, you yeah. are halfway. It's faster to get from L.A. to Los, to El Paso than from El Paso to College Station. It's That's true. How far. That's how far we are. Uh, you know? My my buddy Nick, my friend Nick, he he told me, he's like, dude, I'm able to cross three states faster to go visit mm-hmm. my alma mater, uh, my undergraduate alma mater, than mm-hmm. it is for you to get to College Station to El Paso. Yep. You exactly. told me like that, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't realize how big Texas is until um, yeah. somebody puts it into that perspective. Because I drive the 10 and a half hours, 11 and a half hours to get to Mm-hmm. I'll, you know college station to el paso el paso to college station and all that whenever i have to go back but yeah you, re- you never realize how big a state really is until somebody puts into <laughs> perspective like that I'm just like whoa yeah you know but um yeah it, it's crazy and uh, speak like, like in terms of food too and, and that bond that we create that we like we 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 have fostered in, in the couple of years that we've known each other. One of the coolest things that you've you've shown me and 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 taught me about too is this culture and this restaurant known as Pluckers. Like, <laughs> like yeah. we we got to talk about Pluckers, bro. If I have you on this oh, podcast, yes. we got to talk about Pluckers because yeah, I'm always down to talk about Pluckers. And then the other thing that you taught me about too is Bucky's. Oh yeah, Bucky's. as a Texan, Bucky's. I never knew what the hell Bucky's was. <laughs> you well, know that's a central texas thing pluckers and, and buckies are both central texas things and that tells you everything dude like yeah. <laughs> i'm still in texas i'm still a texan and everything yeah. but oh that's that anti-texan in me and i'm just like it's not necessarily anti-texan it's like it's like we're so distant yeah. and far away like that you know like my 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 proximity and and location doesn't allow me to yeah. you know enjoy all this until i moved over there to college station and so yeah let's talk about bucky's and pluckers for a bit because they're interesting Mm -hmm. these are interesting places so first let's talk about pluckers so Mm -hmm. what like how'd you find out about pluckers and like 
how did you get into pluckers? I mean, I so, understand it yeah. now, but it, man, it's good. So I found out about pluckers through my friend Lewis. Um, he's from California too, actually. That's funny, funny thing, um, he went to uh, CSU Monterey Bay. I believe that's yeah i think so and if not sorry bro um <laughs> uh but then he went to ut austin for his master's and he was one of the first people that i met and he took me there and mm-hmm. he was like i guarantee you you're gonna love this place in fact so much so get a membership and i was like i call bull on this so i we ate and i was like this is the best wings I've ever tasted in my life. I love wings. I love wings with a passion. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that I love is tacos. That's my biggest thing. And I'm not just doing it because it's the cool thing to do. No, like I've been, I raised, I was raised on tacos, you know, before, we, before we, they were a we thing. Were, we weren't born with a bottle in our hand. We were born with tacos in our hand. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. Um, <laughs> And wings is my second favorite, like my second favorite thing. Oh my God, I love wings. So when I tasted that, I was used to wings, um, Buffalo Wild Wings. And they're like, nah, this is better. I tasted it. Holy smokes, the best, the best wings. I got a membership. Best, I think it was like 15 bucks I've ever spent in my life because I still have that membership. Um, and, uh, it's just a difference, not only in the marketing, but also in the, in the taste, in the freshness, in just the overall attention that you get when you get there. You know, it's different, you know. Um, it feels like a mom and pop shop, but it's a, it's a big, you know, it's now becoming a bigger, you know. Like a chain. franchise, yeah. Yeah, Um but, but yeah, so, and like, you know, uh, besides the wings, it's the sides as well. And it's like cheese, the, the cheese fries with bacon. I only get it with bacon, but y- it comes with bacon, sour cream, and jalapenos. Mm-hmm. Lord have smokes. Like, and it's not the, because you guys are very into queso, which is queso. Oh, I mean, I like chile con queso. I say chile con queso. Okay, but at least you say it right. But it's like I hate when they say it very Americanized. Like, oh, that shit gets on my nerves. But it's it's a Texas (laughs) thing. You know, I got to recognize it's a Texas thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's, uh, I get it with the shredded cheese melted. Mm -hmm. Oh. My God! And then the wings, Jesus Christ! The flavors are, are, are they're not, awesome. Are, you can't find it anywhere else, bro. And I remember that. Need to, to pluckers. I remember that first time you took me there. I was amazed that one page is just dedicated to flavors of wings. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was just it, like, wow. Like I legitly want to start a, a franchise, like a like a chain, or or even just one here. And I can guarantee you. Pluckers will put Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop, all of them out of business. Like Pluckers is that good. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's no joke. I remember one of the last times that you and I went with, to Pluckers, it was mm-hmm. with our friend Sumitra, who yeah. was about to leave because he, he just had gotten a job in Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And so we're like, okay, dude, before you leave, we got to take you to Pluckers. Because he was like, you guys are always mm-hmm. talking about Pluckers. You guys are talking about Pluckers. Let's yeah. want to try Pluckers. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, bro. We're going to take you to Pluckers before you leave. So we took him to Pluckers. And then um, we he's like, okay, I get it now. I, I get it now. Like, he, he just, like, tried it and ate it. And he's like, okay, I get it now. I see why you guys would hype it up all the time. It's yeah. good. I'm like, yeah. And then I remember that day we got like three or four sides and we got our wings and we got some like lemonade, mm-hmm. that strawberry lemonade that they have. Oh, or, oh my God. And so, that, wow. um, mm-hmm. and so it was, uh, we gave him the full experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really did. And, and, and I'm glad we did. Um, and, and look, let me, let me just full disclosure. This is a Californian admitting that there's a place in Texas that Lord have mercy is the best in wing in something. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. No. And I still have to take you to another place. A salt. Was it Salt Lake? Yes. Salt Lake. Mm. Oh my God. You want to, you want to know about barbecue, like Texas barbecue. That's a place. That's the one in Austin. though. In Austin and in, uh, no, it's in Driftwood and in, uh, but it's really considered Austin still. And in uh, Round Rock, these are mm-hmm. two places that are like suburbs of Austin. But yes, right. um, they're so delicious. Because oh, I remember man. prior to pandemic, we even were talking about like, because we were both going to stay in College Station during the summer. And we were yeah. even talking about like, oh, we'll go to Houston, hit up some comic shops. We're going to go to Austin. We'll hit up comic shops and check out some restaurants <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. So we had some stuff planned out and all that. But yeah, you know, pen, you know, COVID happened and was life changed for everybody. But yeah, um, definitely. Luckily, we we've still been able to, you know, like we we still enjoy our our wings and food, but like in a safer, more COVID, uh, um, mm-hmm. yeah, safe way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and then but- so. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm done. Yeah, go for it. So what I was going to say is like that same night that we took Sumitra to um, to uh, Pluckers, the next stop that we made was a place called Bucky's. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I did not know about Bucky's until I had moved to College Station. And I, I remember you're the person that really introduced me to Bucky's, and you're like, you've never gone to Bucky's, and you're from Texas. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what a Bucky's is. And mm-hmm. and so I remember I told my cousin Nick about it, and I was like, "Hey, my friend keeps telling me about this place called Bucky's," and he goes, "Bro, you gotta hit it up. It's like the, it's the, ¿cómo se llama? The Walmart of corner stores and convenience stores." I was like, "Wait, what?" And he goes, mm-hmm. "Dude, just go." So I remember that we ended up going to, we ended up going to Pluckers first, and then after that mm-hmm. we went to Bucky's, and then. And then by that time that we went with Sumitra, I think it was my third or fourth time hitting up a Bucky's. Mm-hmm. And so, so um, we go in that first time that I went with you, and I was just like, "Whoa!" I was just like in complete and utter disbelief that <laughs> that this type of yeah. place existed. You know, yeah. I was just like, "This is it's it's insane!" Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. They have a yeah. little bakery in there. They have like a jerky slash meat market in there. They have like, everything in there. It's it's insane. It really is like yeah, like it's very Texas. <laughs> very Texas. Oh, like, uh, like, I'm, I'm like, like I walked out of there something with a headache. Like I'm like oh so much Texas. I hate that shit. But <laughs> but, but 
let me tell you the best merchandise. I don't think like like quality wise, like you won't get this at a Walmart. You know the the, the quality of the of the items and it's cheap too. That's a yeah. thing. If it's Bucky's, it's cheap and and it's like the high quality. It's, a, it's very high quality. The food, Lord have mercy. Like the you barbecue could, like, I have lived. I have legitly driven to Bucky's on a food run because it's just that good. It's good. Um, the um, you know the the desserts, the the merchandise, the food, the gas. It's cheap mm-hmm. as hell. Mm-hmm. The cleanest bathrooms in the state of Texas. It is true. They, yeah. they are. They are the cleanest bathrooms. They are. Um, and 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 yeah, it just I I, I just it's a I cringe because there's so much Texas in there, so much spirit <laughs> of Texas. Yeah, like, goodness gracious! Like it's you're talking true. about a cowboy redneck status, <laughs> you'll find that shit there. And it's like, fam, like I could legitimately <laughs> come out dressed top to bottom. Uh-huh. I mean, top to bottom, literally in that store, and because it just has everything. Oh and I'll gosh. come out as a tejano, and yeah. But I'm not gonna do that. But. Like no joke, like you said, like Bucky's has merchandise of everything. They'll have mm-hmm. shirts, they have pants, they have hats, they have chones underwear, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, they have socks. Like you, like you said, you literally can go head to toe, uh, mm-hmm. full of Bucky's merchandise, and walk yep. out with food and stuff Bucky's wise. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you'd exactly. be Bucky. I'm really, really hoping that at some point they release a Funko of the Bucky Beaver, Bucky's, the Bucky Beaver. I will That'd buy cool. at least two of those. That'd be cool. One out of the box and one for your collection because I. It's just amazing. I love Bucky's, even if it's Texas F. <laughs> yeah, Texas AF. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, Bucky's and Pluckers or something else, you know. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's something else. Um, yeah, but you mentioned something else that it's a perfect transition to about Funko Pops and mm-hmm. uh, collecting. And so mm-hmm. I'm interested in knowing, like, where did this passion begin? And for those people who don't know about Funko Pops, how would you describe Funko Pops? Because I'm a collector myself too, and um, so I don't know, like, like how would you describe the Funko Pop? Um, collection obsession and what Funko Pops are, and how did you get into it? Um, yeah, so the best thing ever, honestly. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's just it's so cool, you know, that they make a, a, a character of so. So, let me describe what they are for those that don't know, because surprisingly, there are people that don't know. Yeah, um, a Funko Pop is a it's a bobblehead or a a, a vinyl figure. Um, surprisingly, I thought they were all bobbleheads. No, they're not all bobbleheads. But, um, and it's of anything that you can possibly think of, I mean, even as far as your childhood stuff, it, it, they make it. Um, and uh, in fact, now they even have pop yourself, which is you can make a pop out of yourself. Like they actually have it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah. So and it's just basically pop culture or or just just like anything possible. They make a pop out of it, 
and it sells and it's collectible figures that people collect by a bunch. Um, I have, I think, a collection going on right now, and I think the the collectible the collection I have haven't scanned all of it, but it's at like sitting at like close to three hundred. Three hundred Funko Pops, and I have not scanned all of them yet. Wow, no. Um, but but yeah, it, it it's it's amazing, you know, because it's like this ain't a kid's toy. You're not collecting a kid's no. toy. You're collecting a grown up toy. But that means the world, at least to me, because growing up, I didn't have money to buy myself anything, really. You know, it's like uh, I would struggle to get a toy from like the 99 cents sometimes. Um, and let me, don't even get me started on Toys R Us. Toys R Us would be the golden standard where mm-hmm. you would go like every every time the, the, uh, the Pope would come to town kind of thing, you know? That's true. Um, so... Uh, so yeah so like having this accessibility to get them and they're very cheap too they're like nine bucks a pop um you know on average uh there are some that cost more but you're looking at no more than 20 bucks i think on a on a, on a recently released one mm-hmm. there's scalpers and that will sell it to you for way more and, and i hate scalpers but that's another story for another day but <laughs> yeah um and they still have everything you know, like, like for example, Black Panther died. Mm-hmm. My first Funko Pop was a Black Panther. Um, and my friend Myra uh, Ortuno, um, she, she was the one who got me into these pops um, because she gave me the first pop that I ever owned. And since then, I haven't, I haven't stopped. And I love them so much because it's like they bring so much joy, joy that... Growing up, I couldn't have when I saw the people getting the top of the line toys. Shoot, the PlayStations, for goodness sakes, you know, the Nintendo systems. I wasn't able to afford a system till I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I still remember I took that one out on uh, like um, Best Buy credit, you know, um, because that's how poor we were, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this now it's just, you know, like, this is, this is great. You know, this is, this is the, the collection item that is, I think, very hot right now. And I think, uh, the fact that they're making it so accessible and so, um, so much of it, it, it it's great because anybody and anyone can get a pop. Yeah, and, and, and enjoy that piece of culture, and it's a big thing. It's, it's a very thing. addicting. I mean, you just heard how many I have, but I'm not even done scanning all of them. Yeah, I've been collecting Funkos and action figures and other things like that too for ooh, maybe 15 plus years, and I don't even know how many Funkos I have too. Like, yeah. I, I even cut back, as you know. Like, I've cut back on yeah. buying that stuff too. Um, but, um, it's, it's, it's addictive. It really is. Oh no. You just want to complete a set and then another set comes out and it's like, Oh, I know. Exactly. No, no. And and I've also cut back on mines as well. Um, for that same reason, because it's like, it's, it's an, it's a never ending game. That's another thing. It's a never ending game. Um, it's a great collection item, but it's a never ending game. In fact, when I get to college station, I'm going to sell a bunch of them because I'm like, I've, I've had enough, you know, it's like, 
but it's a great thing you know it's a great yeah. thing that you could get into and uh, and um and yeah it's but it's fun pops are they're fun uh they're fun little monitos i guess <laughs> like the, yeah it's like like kind of like slang i guess but um yeah and then i don't know and then funko's branched out into like making keychains and um mm-hmm. all these other little knickknacks shirts and yeah. all this other cool stuff and even like in california they have their own like funko shop there too right like where that's yeah. where you can make the pop yourself yeah exactly they have one in hollywood in fact i really wanted to go but I already have so many pops that I've bought for the past month that I've been here. So I'm like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get more, but um, I really, really like that shop. It's very cool. And it's like, they have so many photo ops, you know, like so many photo opportunities to take. And these are characters that you would normally only see in like Disneyland or, or um, Universal Studios. So the fact that it's accessible to the public, you know, that's another mm-hmm. thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They have some really cool stuff. And some, like, I think they're even branching out more into, like, culture-related stuff and mm-hmm. all that. So I think that that's really cool. But I'm just like, man, yeah. there, goes my, there goes my paycheck. <laughs> yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, and uh-huh. so, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, it, it's become, like, a running joke like with us. Like, whenever we hit up a store, we'll be like, yeah. Funkos or nah? Funkos, yeah. let's go. So it's uh, yeah. one of those things that we've bonded with, too, like, like about like f- collecting Funkos uh, and then comic books and or, mm-hmm. or talking about comic book films and things like that too. And right now with the pandemic going on, you know, it's like you don't really go out and, mm-hmm. and you should not, you know. Um, so it's 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 really cool because um, you get to have a hobby and see your hobby every day, and it's like, well, you're there, you know, you can't. You shouldn't be going out right now so so it's a great you know collecting thing to do right now yeah yeah it is um like only if you have money like 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 yeah mm-hmm. like even though you can find some cheap and stuff like that too but i mean yeah yeah we understand the times are tough and everything like that too definitely mm-hmm. but um yeah funko is is something else for sure it really yeah. is um yeah. like if anyone's yeah. interested too i know that netflix has a documentary on funko's um the like the story of funko and how it came about and everything too so if anyone's interested in that it's a really good documentary on netflix shoot i'm interested i didn't even know that this existed what i thought i told you about that no you had not you were holding out on me man what's up well it's an an exclusive for the podcast there you go perfect (laughs) she's very (laughs) interesting yeah no um so let's end let's end things on a high note uh juan like yeah for sure. in, in in 2021 what are some things that you're looking forward to hmm. hopefully graduating hey that's, um, that's my goal uh getting a job um hopefully getting a, a po- or a postdoc whatever comes uh and just getting time to sp- having time to spend with my family honestly um, that's the goal for 2021 health, family, jobs, and graduating. Those are the four things that I want for that's 2021. Anything else is just extra. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. 
I mean, th- those are the things that are most important, most definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, with the pandemic, that's made us reevaluate, like, the importance of things in life, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. At least for me. I know it has for me as well. And so, um, definitely, dude. And I, I, I'm so proud of the stuff that you've done, personally. And I know how much hard work you put into everything that you do. And... Um, and Thank you. I'm, I'm glad yeah. that you're yeah. able right now to spend time with your family, to, you know, be healthy, mm-hmm. to, you know, just do the amazing stuff that you do, bro. Because um, I like you and I know that we, we've both been in this together and, um, you know, you're, you're a little bit more ahead of me uh, than, than I am. But, man, I'm, I'm just really proud of the stuff that you're doing and I can't wait to see what you're going to continue to do and what a greater impact that you're going to make to academia and to latinx and latino community in general man um so just keep doing great things, bro and i'll mm-hmm. i'll see you back when we hit up college station again and yeah once for the pandemic's sure over we're gonna pluck it up and yeah. uh or as we like to say pluquear pluquear <laughs> exactly hashtag there we go <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You didn't, know you, didn't you want to like send a thing like that to pluckers, and they ended up putting it? Oh yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's a thing now, but I don't know if it started with me necessarily. But hey, they posted it up, and I started seeing it people places. So hey, I like it. Trendsetter, yeah. bro. Not only are I'm not, you, I'm not. I'm not going to take the credit though. I, I won't take the credit. But you know, it's still pretty cool though. The fact that it's like. It's a, <laughs> I see it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, yeah, after all this pandemic ends and, you know, things, there's a sense of normalcy that comes into play. Hopefully we can do that, um, you know, again. Yeah, soon. for sure. And, um, you know, so un- until then, bro, have a great holiday. Uh, have a great uh, Christmas with your family, a great New Year with your family. And I'll for definitely sure. see you Likewise. back at College Station there uh, in the okay. new year. We'll keep in touch. and. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to give a shout out to, or, um, you want to, um, put any of your social media or any, any way people can kind of contact you if they're interested? I mean, if they're interested in, in my work, I'm not very much about the whole thing of like, um, self-promotion, but, but you, they're more than welcome to follow me in my social media. Um, Juan Lopez, um, they, they, if people follow you, they, they'll find, find me or in, are in my social, my Instagram and, and uh, Snapchat. I think it's called JLP591. Um, and then I'm on Twitter as well. Um, oh, shoot, I, let me see what the Twitter handle is. I never really look at it. I think it's one. a That's JLP. That's how you know. Uh, LopezJ1919. Um, okay. Yeah. We'll, but, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get all that info and put it in the description so people can give you a follow yeah. and like and all sure. Yeah, let me know and 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 thank you for having me again in your in your podcast. I think it was a great you know um, catch up and and really just hanging out uh, virtually. And uh, but yeah, we'll be in touch and we'll we'll see when you get there and when I get back to College Station and we'll we'll uh, once we're um, what is it unquarantined you know after traveling yeah. we'll we'll hang out again, bro. Most definitely, most definitely, watch some sports right, cool. or something like that, like we usually. Yeah, do. for sure. until next time my brother Um, take care and to everyone out there listening stay safe, stay healthy and we'll talk to you all soon until next time, peace out 
Again, special thank you to Juan Lopez for being a guest on this week's Academics on Amigos. For more on Juan, be sure to check out his Instagram page at JLP591. For more on Academics on Amigos, be sure to visit www.arramirez.com slash Academics on Amigos. Follow us on Twitter, Academics Amigos, or follow me on Twitter at Latinx Acapop. We're also on Instagram at Academics and Amigos. And be sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Academics and Amigos. With that being said, thank you for listening. Thanks for checking out this episode. Be sure to check out past episodes if you haven't already. Like and subscribe to the podcast. And the holidays are coming up, so stay safe, everyone. Enjoy your holidays. I know I will with my family. So with that being said, be cool, stay safe, and take care.